on digital radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Facebook. The Sportscast. Football in January. The Top 25 Rundown presented by The Sportscast. This is the Top 25 Rundown. And here's your host, Alan West. Welcome to the Top 25 run by the Sportscast. Today is... Uh, you can look us up on the Sportscast. Twitter has us. Uh, the sport. You can check out our app, the Sportscast, in the iOS app store. We're also on DAB Digital Radio. My name is Alan West. This is Bob Alvis. Doing, sir. We're doing well. Yep. Uh, normally we're on an hour earlier, but well, apparently I was Life a happens. More, yeah, apparently I was a little more tired than I thought. But you know what? We'll take it. We'll roll with it. And I wanted to make sure we got on for a few minutes, just because since we were on last, you, me, and Tyler had to talk about the next trip <clears throat> to Alabama, and well. Unfortunately for you, it was not Dan Lanning. No, Turner was right. I'll give I'll give Tyler all the credit in the world. He was absolutely one hundred percent right on Kalen DeBoer. Um, you know, so hey, all credit to him for being correct. And we'll see how it goes in Alabama for DeBoer. DeBoer's never been out of the western part of the country, but if you can coach, you can coach. And we'll just see how he does. I mean, you know, obviously Alabama's a big step up, but all the best. I mean, you know, it's not like uh, Alabama got some slub. That's definitely true. And then uh, so far we've only seen one other than the wide receiver, uh, number nine, decommit from Alabama. It's like they're staying, and then one safety has uh, hit the portal. But we'll see how that goes. And uh, as we had DeBoer leave Washington for Alabama, then we had uh, Arizona to Washington, and Brennan, uh, uh, the coach, the coach of Arizona. I'm probably more excited about uh, Fish going to Washington than I am about DeBoer going to Alabama. I think uh, Jed Fish is a home run hire, I think, in uh, almost any circumstance you want to see. So, you know, I don't, but I don't think anybody got a lemon out of the deal. So, we'll see. That's definitely thing was um, Brennan, who became the uh, coach at uh, Arizona. He had actually almost become the coach at Arizona back in 2020 before Fish, I guess, took over the Alabama job. So, for him, he was able to go over there now and I'm curious to see what other coaching dominoes we're still going to get within the next few days. I know last week, um, the Toledo head coach, I believe, he was offered to become Ohio State's offensive coordinator, and they were still trying to. And also, I saw that the uh, athletic director over at Texas A&M, 
He's now agreed to become the Ohio State athletic director, succeeding Gene Smith. I'm wondering how that's going to go for Ryan Day, depending on how the year goes this year. I mean, I think Ryan Day's fine. I don't think an athletic director's job affects him too much. Um, I did see, I think, where the Buffalo head coach was going to go to divorce staff at Bama. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything major is going to happen. I mean, unless, you know, a college coach takes an NFL job. But I don't see any, any major things happening to where, you know, we've got to really talk about some, some big fish. I don't see it, but I could be wrong, as I've been wrong a lot on this. I mean, my fingers crossed on it, but I still don't think we're finished with the coaching carousels. Oh. Though, uh, I did hear about possible Nick Saban going to be taking over for Lee Corso when he stops going on game day. But that could be a very interesting hire. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. That is true. Um, real quick, uh, I don't know if you've been watching any college basketball this week, but uh, the TCU women, unfortunately, they've had two players go down since Saturday. Hell, and the other broke a finger. But right now, they don't have enough players to feel having to do tryouts to try to get some more players so they can have enough players by the next game that they're going to try to play when he third. Yeah, a little necessary roughness right there with Scott Bakula to where uh, we're going to have open tryouts in the, in the gymnasium for the football team. Uh, we're just doing it for women's basketball right here. You know, I mean, it's obviously a different way to go, especially for a Division One program. I mean, I watch a lot of Division Three basketball, and those kids are, you know, kind of still playing for the love of the game. But at a Division One level, you know, you're – that's almost a stepping stone to to a pro job at that point, um, not just for coaches, but for players. So interesting that, you know, we're going to open tryouts for Texas Christian University, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I've had two games this week. I believe it was one against and one against eight, which because they're, that's never good since you always want to have as many even though looking into the NCAA it just is going to depend later on how it is for the year but when I was looking at men's basketball right now if the season ended today Zaga would lose their streak of consecutive NCAA tournaments unless they win their conference tournament. Yeah, long way to go, like you said, but, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know if weird things is the word, but a lot of uh, a lot of differences that maybe we're not used to seeing are happening in uh, college basketball. Yeah, I did look up for uh, Gonzaga. After Timmy, he tried to go to the uh, NBA. The two other players that Gonzaga have been counting on, they transferred to Wake Forest and Syracuse. So, so that a lot of their uh, would have been at least 30 points a game. 
So Mark Fuse having to try to uh, uh, get in, although because of how his roster is at the moment, he has two players that he has averaging over 39 minutes a game right now. So, I mean, it's early, but when Joe Lennart and they're ranked uh, 69 out of 68 teams right now for the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, considering what we would have passed 10, 20 years, that's almost unthinkable to think about, Gonzaga, not, not being that you would expect to be contending for the title. Yep, you're right. I mean, I know it's still as early, and, Bob, I know you say we don't look at rankings at all. I noticed for them and also for UVA how UVA is uh, having kind of a rough streak right now in the NCC. They're going to need some help also trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Well, and we are in January now, so, I mean, we can definitely look at stuff like that. And, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, you don't want to, you know, not that anybody's tanking, but you don't want to tank games in January because January games to me – are a lot harder to recover from than December games. 100%. And I mean, that's why when I was looking at some of the, I thought about you and I started doing a little bit of research, not only the, the men's side, it's, it's going to be a fight for a few teams just to make United number one seed. And you're looking all the way down for the lower seeds. Because it's, uh, I wouldn't say complicated. I would say that it's going to be challenging for some teams. And that's why, like, for women's basketball right now, there's a lot of things you can't really count on. What are able to count on at the moment is uh, Caitlin Clark record for all-time women's score. Uh, this last week, she passed Brittany Griner for number four all time. So she has Jackie Stiles, Kelsey Mitchell, Plum left to go. That's a, a high list because I don't know if enough people know who Jackie Stiles is or was, but Jackie Stiles could play. And, you know, Caitlin Clark is in rare air now to be chasing some of those names. And, you know, that is uh, tough because, you know, Caitlin Clark, I mean, it's not like she's playing on a team that has, you know, very little else. Like when Larry Bird played at Indiana State, when Ella Deladon played at Delaware, um, mm -hmm. even Jackie Styles of Southeast Missouri State, those players were the team. Um, you can't really do that at a P5 as much, but Caitlin Clark has just got a – Ice water running through her veins to um, to the T. And, you know, I, I think every time you're watching Caitlin Clark play, it's a level of excitement. I can definitely agree with that. I mean, she is – she's scoring points. That she's averaging over 10 to 20 points a game. I mean, she's only not – 
scored in double figures only a few games in her entire career. Which yeah, that's remarkable. That's remarkable. I mean, right now when they were looking at for the points she needs, thinking that she could get it, but I'm still curious just to see what happens because she is a great player. There's no denying that. But last year's team, I don't think she's going to have the cast that's going to make it to the national championship game like last year. Yeah. Just because when you look at Sharon last year, it's not as uh, not as good of a. Uh, just in my personal opinion, it's not as good of a starting five or even had compared to last year. Hard to will yourself at that point. Exactly. Although uh, I did see some. On Monday, that what about you, sir? For the first time in 30 years, all five members of the Fab Five were at Chrysler Arena for a yep. Michigan game. I did see that. Now, see, a lot of people won't understand the significance of that. But back in the night, could have seen the documentary on ESPN 30 for 30 about the Fab Five. They're not going to see much about it now. But because of the lawsuit that happened with Chris Weber, but those two years they were together, even though they didn't know, yep. but they needed. Especially. Not just that. I mean, it was an exciting team to watch. Really must-see TV to watch Michigan at that time. And I think a lot of people know the Weber and the Jawan Howards and the Jalen Roses because those three played in the NBA with some tenure to them. But, I mean, you know, most fans aren't going to be able to identify the other two, Jimmy King and Ray Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, when John Howard became coach of Michigan, he said he was going to have a time where they were all going to be together on the court. And, I mean, I got to admit that having them on Martin Luther King Day just so that they could all be together on that day, that was done it. Just because the way that... They iconic, but just how they changed history, how they were when they played. I would say that they fit how Dr. King had for what he would always try to talk about and try to do for the civil rights movement. That's just my personal opinion, though. But also one other thing, normally we don't always talk about pro basketball, but 
unfortunately the uh warriors assistant back he passed away his name is uh dijon milojevic he apparently had a heart team and he was taken to the hospital or unfortunately he died at 46 years of age yeah you hate to see any anybody pass away that young because it really makes you examine your own mortality um it was a uh you know a coach that really had helped nikola Jokic and mm-hmm. others uh achieve i don't want to say achieve greatness but he really helped with their development and you know i think it's really something for the warriors just to see how they react going forward because this guy helped a lot of big supposedly he was a well-known and renowned uh international coach so you know i think those guys always have a place in the nba and you know steve kerr who is probably one of the guys that's looking you know just like most people are to take basketball not just in from a national perspective but globally, um, you know, his one of his former coaches, Pop, Greg Popovich, did that a lot too. So, you know, we'll see um, what long-term effect it has. But let's be honest, no one really should care about how this affects basketball because this is a huge loss to his family, to his friends, and a loss that you don't ever plan on at the age of 46. Well, that here's the other thing. I'm looking at ESPN right now talking about and he the thing is people know about him as a he was an even better player before he became a coach because when you're looking at just some of the information he worked closely with Jokic Klipak or in the center Goja Bidatsi He's in center Boban Marjanovic, among others. When he was at the Warriors, he was uh, with Kevin, who raved about the attention detail. But he was known more as a player because he won, like when he played in Europe. He won more Adriatic MVPs, and apparently when they're looking at stories of games in his youth, as a 14-year-old, he apparently scored 141 points. That's pretty good. I mean, he... Like, we joke about a lot of stuff, but when you see something like this, not only was able to be successful as a coach but how he's impacted these other players and he did it as on it's just devastating to think about because You hear about people talk, whereas other people made sure to mention he was a better man. 
And I mean, to have that kind of statement said about me. So, I mean, that's why it sucks. You feel for not only the Warriors, but the whole NBA community and also the basketball community because we're only seeing about some of the players in the NBA, but because of how much he did over in Europe, not only as a player, but as a coach over there, you know that they've got to be doing this hit and just think of picks coming up next year or this year. You've got to think that probably the uh, national team for that country, they're going to do something special for him, I would assume. But uh, rest in peace. Dejan Lojevic, 46 years old. Now, Bob, do you remember we talked about how Florida State's trying to get out of the ACC? Yep. Did you see that the ACC filed a complaint today? I did. What do you think? You know, I haven't read it. I haven't dug enough deep into it to know what I really think. But, you know, anytime you're going to have people trying to leave early or whatever, you're going to have some... I don't know if hurt feelings is a word, but you're going to have some, you're going to have some things happen. So we'll definitely have to see what happens. Uh, just because things happen like this where, you know, I don't think it necessarily means anything yet until we see what happens. Well, I mean, I just looked at what the e here. And so it says right here, it has six claims, including the ACC, breaching confidentiality and the media rights agreement and breaching fiduciations and obligations of new to claim for potentially substantial damages from alleged contract breaches. Where they say the conference having or cover of Florida State damages for its breach of the ACC constitution and bylaws and the amount to be proven at trial which the conference believes will be It also FSU's ability to have school officials and conference leadership positions, which includes the president being on the ACC Board of Directors and Finance Committee. It asks for a permanent injection barring Florida State from participating in the management affairs of the conference while it has a direct and material conflict of interest with the conference objectives. They're saying if the entire legal process has to take years, next state key is February 16th. They're going to respond to the filings. The ACC talks about the league's legal strategy, which reinforces how Florida State was a willing participant in agreeing to the grant of media rights that's the legal unwind from. 
Florida State says it's going to cost about half a million to leave the ACC without some type of legal win or settlement between the sides. The ACC saying that Florida State accepted hundreds of million dollars as part of the media decade. So they're seeking a declaration that grant rights is valid and enforceable and that Florida State no longer executed the grant terms. So, basically, it sounds like the ACC is just trying to, in some way, and just like, hey, we should have done more, but we haven't, so... This is our way of you and trying to make you seem like the bad guy for wanting to leave do our end and help you try to uh, do better. That's all. That's all. Because, I mean, even if Florida State did accept that money, I'm not saying that they didn't, that money. You would want the ACC to do more because looking at how the ACC has impacted Florida State, it's actually the other way around because the brand has made the ACC to the 90s. It's one sport in multiple sports. So that's going to play out in court and how Florida State's going to, I guess, deal with and happen. What do you think, sir? Who knows? I mean, you know, we don't we don't know yet. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, I hate to even speculate. Because this is an area where I am not a legal beagle. So we'll just have to see. I don't have a strong opinion of it. I mean, you're right. Florida State has helped out the conference. But let's be honest. The conference has helped out them too. So who knows? Who knows? True. I mean, I agree that the conference, they want to state the president off that because since he knew some of that information, it probably helped them when they were doing the legal. It's complicated because a lot of people are going to want them to stay in the ACC and just with how they've been a member for so long. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to completely know a whole lot till their next meeting on the 16th, just because then we'll start to see how the lawyers are going to want to play this out. Either way, that is the update that we have right now for that. And college basketball and full swing. So we're going to see how that plays out and, you know, up 
how much money it makes revenue not only for the AC conferences. So thing is, how many more coaches we're going to around? Uh, how many more in different schools? Just because when a coach leaves, the transfer portal for him as well. I'm curious what Arizona may go to Washington or may try to go to a different school because that's I don't think there's a coaching controversy yet and that's going to be something we'll talk about to start to focus more on basketball and coming much over to baseball, softball and lacrosse to name a few other schools But is there anything else you can think of tonight, I have Sean, that are pretty important for right now for sports, for college? As always, you tackle it well. But it's not always a whole, not always the easiest thing, my friend. That, and I appreciate you coming on late with me. So, absolutely. Last week, we got off to make sure that we uh, mentioned Tyler Turner. He, unfortunately, when he's on, he always has the Turner cast. Now, if we were going to try to get a hold of you, I know it's dangerous, but how would we do? Just hit up Twitter, the Sports Buffet. You have uh, Alan F on Twitter or X, and then I have Alan West on 46 uh, Instagram, even though I normally don't post a whole lot, but we'll definitely see what happens next week, and uh, I'll have a better about college basketball next week, so don't about that. I did look at the 100 uh, best games of the year. We'll try to hit games where some pretty good games, and you had a lot of teams you wouldn't always expect in there, so to hit that more next week, but Thank you for coming on, and, and we're going to need to figure out about the or probably next week. I'll start trying to do that with you so that we can start counting our scores on that, okay? Okay? Sounds good. All righty. Bye, Rundown. Right, take care, man. Bye, Rundown. Good night, everybody. <laughs>